everybody. Jeff Antoniak here, Digging Deeper Jazz Videos. Welcome. Well, this is an exciting video for me. We are 50 some videos into Digging Deeper and this is like the 80 or 90th video I've done on jazz on YouTube. Finally, we are getting to one of my favorite topics uh, and that is using rhythm in our improvisation in a creative way. Um, and of course, we're talking about rhythm. It doesn't matter what instrument you play, whether you're a singer, whether you're a drummer, whether you're a piano player. So now for me, I've always connected as I think back to being a little kid or early in my music career, uh, and by career I'm talking about like middle school band or something, um, I connected to the rhythm aspect. I didn't uh, connect to more of the harmonic or melodic aspect. That's not to say I didn't understand harmony, that's not to say I didn't know how to play written melodies, but that's not what vibed for me, that's not what made sense. That wasn't my strength. And now I will say, as I got going to music school, I went to the University of North Texas. I did eight years of college. Um, that was frankly embarrassing. I was ashamed of the fact that I wasn't big on the harmony side, or again, that that wasn't how I was wired. That wasn't the first thing I heard. The first thing I heard was rhythm and groove. And um, so it took me a long time to not be embarrassed or ashamed that I relate to music in a particular way. Well, guess what? Um, when people talk about my playing or review a CD that I've done or I read something that somebody wrote about my playing, that's one of the things that's the first thing that they write is talking about the rhythmic side. So that's great. I'm glad they hear that. Um, but it's not surprising, right? Because that's how I relate to the music. So some of you really have this great melodic sense. And maybe what you do is develop a weakness, right? So I have this strength that I love to work with, but I will say, I've been doing this thing for 35 years now. Yeah, I've developed my harmonic side. Yes, I've developed my tone. Yes, I've developed my melodic sense and everything else. I'm just saying that we're all wired a particular way. I love this stuff and uh, I'm excited to present it to you. And about 45 of you have sent emails like, man, can you talk about rhythm? So finally, I don't know why it took this long. So what, where I wanna talk today, I think a fantastic point of departure for us is talking about uneven groupings of notes. So some people may immediately go to a hemiola. That's a particular kind of rhythm. It's actually different from what we're talking about. So this isn't technically a hemiola. So what I'm talking about is if we are in 4-4, four, four, as we often are, eight eighth notes in 4-4. Four, four. And we very often group our eighth notes in twos, which means quarter notes, right? 4-4 four, four literally means four quarter notes. <clears throat> How do we subdivide a quarter note? Into eighth notes. We get eight eighth notes, this even number, right? So one of the hippest things we can do, and to me, the beginning of this long, very cool journey that we can and will take in, in future videos, is grouping in threes. You'll see here a couple very simple exercises, and this is gonna be a good point of departure. I want you to practice this stuff and practice it with a metronome. We'll go through it right now. Get this under your fingers for the next couple weeks, and we're gonna take this and roll with it a little bit more. So if you look at item number one, it is a C major scale, and what I did is repeated each note three times. We see three C's, we see three D's, we see three E's, and so on up. Now, that makes the math a little interesting. It is a duple or a, a measure set up with twos and fours in it, right? Eight eighth notes, yet I'm trying to cram three 
eighth notes, groupings of threes in there. It doesn't work, does it? We have leftover notes. We have too many notes. We have not enough notes. That is good. That is where we're going to get some interest and texture here. So what I'm going to do is turn on a metronome. It's important to play this stuff with a metronome, at least to begin with, so that you can sort of hear what's going on. So this metronome is uh, beating quarter notes. I'm thinking of those as quarter notes. One, two, three, four, one, two, like that. And I'm going to play item number one. One, two, three, four. So I was just playing eight eighth notes, right? I mean, it's not that big a deal. I happen to be playing groups of three. Here's the thing. I want you to be doing two things at once. I want you to be playing what's on the sheet, these groups of three notes ascending up the scale, but I want you to know where you're at in the measure. It's, you know, it, it would be easy enough to just hear these uh, indeterminate ticks going by and playing in time. Well, okay, if we want to use this as a composer or an arra or, uh, arranger or certainly as an improviser, we know, need to know where we're at in the measure. So if you look at item number one, you're going to see I left an empty measure at the end. There's three measures of material and a fourth empty measure. That's not because I don't know how to use the notation software. I know how to get rid of that measure. I wanted to keep it there because I want you feeling that four measure phrase. I want you to know where beat one of that fourth measure is. So some of you may want to set your metronome to tick louder on beat one. Tick, boom, 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 tick, boom, boom. So you can keep track of this. So item number one is going to be astoundingly difficult for many of us if we don't have this sort of way of thinking going on. So uh, do this with all your scales. Any of the major scales or modes, you know, the seven note scales will work out exactly like this. If we play a scale that has more notes, like a diminished scale, or a, a scale that has fewer notes, like a whole tone scale, uh, you, where, where you get to the top of the scale changes the math a little bit. So just do it with your major scales or your mixolydian scales or something like that. Okay. Item number two is actually where we want to get to. So item number two is where I essentially combine the three-eighth notes into one longer note, into a dotted quarter note. Three-eighth notes can reduce down to a dotted quarter note. So item number two is actually a parade of dotted quarter notes. Every single one of those pitches, C, D, E, F, G, etc., has three-eighth notes in it. Now the first one is written as a dotted quarter note three-eighth notes. The D pitch is written as an eighth note tied to a quarter. That's the conventions of music notation tell us we can't use a dotted quarter there. That's another video to why that is, but it's important. The third pitch, E, is yet a different way of writing the exact same rhythm, a quarter note tied across the bar line to an eighth note. So item number one is actually helping us get ready for number two. Let me play number two for you.
All right, so we're trying to hear these dotted quarter notes with their own rhythmic logic, dotted quarter notes, all of them have three eighth notes of time inside each note, and we're learning to hear that against duple time, the, the beat of the metronome that is going by with two eighth notes inside it. There are two things going on at the same time. And uh, that is crazy making, it's irritating, it's uh, all sorts, of <laughs> we can think of more words, I'm sure. I'm gonna keep it polite here. Um, or when we have two tastes going on at the same time, that is amazing. That is a great chef combining two flavors. We know salt and chocolate, right? Combining, you know, you can, whatever it is, combining two colors to get from a primary color into something with a little depth or dimension. A movie that can be taken this way or that. The protagonist is a good guy and a bit of a bad guy. That's interesting, right? So here we're making our rhythm a little more interesting by having two things going on at once. All right, item number three on the sheet. So what I did here is just, uh, really it's item number two, but it extends for a longer period of time. So I, I go up and down the scale now. So uh, this really is in a progression. Start with exercise number one, which sets you up to hopefully do number two. Number two is built from number one, but it's, it's definitely more complicated. Exercise number three is really just exercise number two, but we come down the scale. So there's a longer period of time to keep your wits about you and to know where the beat is. So here's number three. One, two, three, four. This is hard <laughs> without having something relative going on. It is so easy to get ourselves lost, but this is something to really work on. Get that sense of your internal time sort of stays home with that duple feel and you play this thing over top. It's really, really cool. For some of us, this just may not be approachable. We're not there yet, but you certainly can do item number one and just get used to playing groupings of three eighth notes. It's just a matter of reading what's on the page. That shouldn't be too terribly hard. But now here's the thing. This gets us in playing over the bar line. It gets us ready to be playing over the bar line with some rhythmic uh, layering or some density or uh, you know some interesting relationships going on. Here's one last little thing we'll say, and I'm excited about when we get to jazzwire.net later this year, and I'd love to see you guys over at Jazzwire. Um, where we start expanding these videos. Here, these are one-time, very pointed, very specific uh, videos on a single topic. And of course, there's no feedback. Yeah, you can send me an email, you can, and please do. You can, uh, you can leave a comment and I'll get back to you, but it's not a conversation. It's not a, you know, it's not a lesson in that way. I know these videos are helpful for you, but you know, there's part missing. At Jazzwire, we're gonna get into this. And what I'm excited to do with Jazzwire is we're gonna be doing examples playing with a live band. And here's the thing, when you've heard live jazz or some great recordings, and there's those moments where the band somehow does this thing together, they hit together, 
and it's this, the hair on the back of your neck stands up like, man, the, the, the comping and the bass line and the cymbal hits are right with the soloists. What was that? How did, they didn't rehearse it. You know they didn't, but oh my God. And that moment was worth the money that you paid to be there, right? What is that? It's this. A lot of the times, those magic moments are when someone starts playing over the bar line, very specifically groups of three. And yes, there are other groupings, and we'll get into them. Groups of five, groups of seven. There's other things we can do. But this group of three thing, rhythm sections, the comping, the bass, the cymbal hits, the bass drum, and then how that relates to the soloist. This happens a lot. And you love it, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I love watching movies, but I don't know anything about cinematography or lighting or script this or that. I just know when it moves me. Well, guess what? A bunch of people got into a room and orchestrated how are we going to move Jeff and the rest of the audience members in this scene. They figured it out. Sometimes it's by accident and they get lucky. But good filmmakers know how to do that stuff, right? So that's what we're learning how to do here. And this is one of the best little toeholds to get into. So practice this rhythmic stuff. You're going to need a metronome and uh, you're going to get a little frustrated. So please leave comments. Can't wait to hear them. As always, uh, write me at diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com for this PDF or any of the others. And uh, there's so much more good stuff we're going to get. This was one of the uh, requests that I had from people, and uh, I'm thrilled to get into it. And we're going to be doing much more along these lines with rhythm. So uh, keep coming back, keep tuning in, and please do share these videos with other folks out there. Um, there's a lot of folks, especially the adult amateurs and semi-pros, that are looking for really good curated information. And that's what I hope this is. I'm not throwing a hundred ideas out there or trying to keep you busy for 10 years. I'm throwing one idea out and seeing how far down I can shave the idea to make it very specific. And I want you to know exactly what to practice when you hit the stop button. So I hope you do. Like to hear from you. So uh, see you again next time. Take care.